How many of you know that the Word of God is still alive today? Amen. Yeah, it's powerful and it's alive. And I believe the Lord has dropped a significant word in my heart this morning for the church. And um, last couple of months, the Lord has been just stirring in my heart and said, no, we've reached the middle of the year. Many of us make resolutions at the beginning of the year, correct? We make resolutions at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, and we say, God, this coming year, it's going to be a better year. It's going to be a, a more fruitful year. It's going to be a year that I'm going to put this, this, this goals in line. But now we've come to the middle of the year. How have those resolutions been? Your, your, your diet plans, your uh, different things that you want to put into place. You know, how have those resolutions, along the way, sometimes it may seem to be clouded, it may seem to be affected in any way, or, or just a little bit blurry, you know, along the way, because things may have happened even in this first six months. So the Lord began to, spoke to speak to me and say that, you know what, we've got to always, always, Always be the best version of ourselves. Whatever season that you are in, whatever year that you are in, however old you are, you, have, you are the best version of you. Amen? You are the best version of you. He brought me the analogy of the mobile phones. You know, nowadays, the mobile phones come out so quickly and every time a new version comes out, they will say that it's the best version. Correct? It's the latest version. It's got upgraded camera. It's the user interface. It's so much better. The experience is so much better. And they will say that this is the best version yet. And I'm saying to you, this is your best version yet. Amen? You, this is your best version yet. Amen? Amen. I believe that the Lord has called each and every one of us for more. The Lord has called each and every one of us for more. We were not called to settle. We were called for more. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? Let's read from the scripture from Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 37 to 39. Luke chapter 5, verse 37 to 39. Are we ready? Yeah, let's read together. One, two, three. And no one puts new wine into old skin. Or else the new wine will burst and the wineskins will be spilled. Wineskins will be ruined. Into new wineskin and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new. For he says, the old... Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is alive and your word can still speak to us so powerfully and minister afresh to each and every one of us. I pray for open hearts and receptivity in their hearts, in their spirit, O oh God, for your word and for the word of your season and for a word that for something new, O oh God, to even burst forth from their heart and from their spirit. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. I believe with all my heart, God wants to make new wine out of each of us so that he can use us. You are new wine. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them you are new wine. You are new wine. Wow, you are new wine. New wine represents a lot of things in the Bible. One of the things it represents is the Holy Spirit. Right? In the day of Pentecost, in the day of Pentecost when the disciples in the upper room were filled and they started speaking in tongues, they were accused of being drunk with new wine. And I believe totally in the experience of the Holy Spirit experience. I believe that, that this, this church is a Holy Spirit believing church. This church is a tongue speaking church. Amen? Amen? So we can worship the Lord freely in His presence and the Spirit of God can come upon us. And, but in this context, in this context in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus talks about the new one, He was speaking 
to the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. You must understand the teachers of the law were questioning Jesus about his disciples and the way they were, they were, they were practicing their so-called religion. To their understanding was a religion. So he was addressing the Pharisees and telling them there is the old wine and the new wine, correct? And he was using this analogy because the disciples, sorry, because the Pharisees were saying that how come your disciples are not like John's disciples? They always fast, but your disciples are always feasting. Something is not right, you know? You're not, they're, they're, not, they're not as holy. So he was referring to the old wine. Jesus said, the old wine and the new wine. The old wine represented the old ways. The old wine represented the old covenant. The old wine represented what the, what the Pharisees have been doing all this while. It was something that they were so comfortable, comfortable with, something that they have been practicing all this li entire life. From a child all the way, they have been understanding these old ways. But the new wine represented the new covenant. The new way that God wanted to do, wanted to bring into their lives. And he was saying, and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new wine. In fact, in verse 39, in other, in other uh, versions, it says that you have been so stuck in that sense, so stuck in your old ways, that you're not even willing to try the new. You're so stuck in your old ways that you're not even willing to try the new. But when Jesus came, He came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. He had a new and better way of doing things. I don't know about you, but if God has a new and better way of doing things, I want that way. Amen? If God has a new and better way of doing things, I want that way. So many people miss the opportunity for, for, for God to do something new in their lives because they were so stuck in old paradigms, old ways, and old, just the old mindset of doing things. But today, I believe each and every one of us has got new wine within, within us. It rep represents you and me. Because sometimes we feel that we're stuck in a season. But, be, but God, my God, is a God that specializes in making all things new. Hello? My God is a God that specializes in making all things new. Revelation 21 verse 5 says, Behold, I make all things new. Amen? He makes all things new, including you and me as well. So I went to a study of understanding how wine was made. How new wine was made. Right? And uh, here are some processes that, the, that has to go through. First and foremost, you need to understand that the grapes were wanted. The grapes were wanted. Not all grapes were wine-worthy. Not all grapes are new wine-worthy. Not all grapes were ready to be made into new wine. But the grapes were wanted. They were chosen. If there's one verse that has kept me in my ministry that, that was a confirmation to my, to, to my full-time call was found in, is found in John chapter 15, verse 16. And it says, you did not choose me. God says, I, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. God wanted you. God wanted you. God wanted me. 
He saw a potential in each and every one of us that we ourselves could not see. He saw something that was in us that you and I don't even understand and don't even realize it until much, much later. When He chose you, when He called you, when He wanted you, you were, you were, you were not where you are today. Some of you have been put into places of position you can only imagine it. You could have never understood that if He had told you then. But He still wanted you, even when you were a nobody. I remember in those days when I accepted the Lord, I was only 13 years old. In those days, early years in my life, I was a very insecure person. Very, very insecure. I used to write in my diary. Last time, no Facebook, maha. We write diary lah. Dear diary, I wish I wasn't born. I wish I wasn't alive. Then these things won't happen. Then no, 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 it won't happen. But even as, as that insignificant, insecure young person, God wanted me. Because He could see a potential in me that I could not see myself. Who would have guessed the first church I ever attended was with my aunt? Was Glad Tidings back in Jalan Gasing when I was eight or nine years old. She brought me for some conference or somebody's wedding. I can't even remember what it was because I was that young. Who would have thought today I'll be standing here worshipping with you and let alone preaching? The grapes were wanted. God chose you. God has a purpose for you. God selected you. That alone, we can give an altar call right now and bask in this truth. We can go home. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wanted you. Chose you. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, He chose you. He chose you. That's right. He wanted you. Tell them he wanted you. Secondly, after the grapes were wanted, were chosen, the grapes had to be washed. See, this is part of the process. I'm so glad that we have a God that doesn't just pick us up and leave us in the mess but He also cleanses us. He is a God that not only picks us up, but He cleans us up. He cleans us up from our past. He cleans us up from our mess. He cleans up all the mud, the debris that was on the grave. He cleans us up of all our issues. He cleans us up of our, our minds, our acts. He cleans us up of our, of our mouth. You can't speak like the devil and then bind the devil. Hello? Yeah, He cleans us up. He will, have, he will clean you up. He will say that, you know, new wine will be no good if there are still sediments in it. Can you imagine drinking grape juice, like even grape juice? And there were sand sediments and there were still particles all inside the, the, in your bottle. It's no good. That's why He has to clean you up. 
He has to wash you up. And nobody knows this better than, than King David when he was convicted of his sins with Bathsheba. He cried out to the Lord in Psalm 51. He cried out so hard to the Lord and he said, God, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. In, fact, in verse 7 it says, wash me with the hyssop and I will be made white as snow. You need to continually ask the Lord to wash you, to confess your sin, repent of all your sins, confess it and say, God, wash me white as snow again like King David who prayed this over and over again and said, God, wash away my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, cleanse me, cleanse me. We need to be cleansed. God is a God that does, who not just only wants us, he cleans us. And we come to the next part of the process, which is the tough part. A lot of us want to skip this process. A lot of us think that since God wants me, He cleansed me, this part should not even happen. And the next part of the process is called The grapes needed to be wounded. The grapes needed to be wounded. To produce new wine, it had to be crushed. It had to be wounded. In the old days, the winemaker would put the grapes all in this big bucket and they would step on the grapes. How many of you have seen the I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball? How many of you have seen this clip? where Lucy, uh, Yesterday, I asked the service, right? nobody said, nobody knew, no, nobody even smiled at me like, huh, pink like, who is this Lucille Ball? You know? But this service, I said, I'm sure God, people understand what I'm talking about. Luc Lucille Ball, she would be jumping in this grape, this grape container and she's like, woo, 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 and she's, she's doing this dance in the grape uh, container. The grapes needed to be crushed because that was the only way to bring out whatever potential that was inside the grape. That was the only way that the sweetness and whatever that was inside of the grape to come out. That was the only way. The process is part of the plan that brings out what is inside of you. You see, the devil doesn't even want you to know. The devil doesn't even want you to know that the wounds that you sustained was part of the plan. It's all part of the new thing that God wants to do in your life. So here it is, without sugarcoating it, at times, you will go through crushing moments. You will go through wounded moments. You will go through moments that you don't understand. Sometimes you go through tough seasons. Sometimes the people around you go crazy. Sometimes our children behave and sound like they're demon-possessed. Sometimes our spouse may hurt us. Sometimes, you don't get the promotion that you want. Sometimes, the medical report doesn't look so good. But it's all part of the process. It's all part of the process. 
please understand me that I'm not saying we walk, we walk around defeated, that it's okay, it's okay, all that I'm going through, the problems I'm going through, it's okay, man. You know, we are all called to be more than conquerors, amen? I'm not asking us to invite problems, invite the trials, invite all these things. I'm trying to say that we all need to go through some sort of, there is that season that God will allow us to go through the woundedness, the crushing to bring out what is inside of us. We always want more without the trouble. We always want more without the process. We always want more without the journey. But where will your faith be if it's not tried? Where would you be? How would you find yourself kneeling on your knees? Where would it be when you find yourself kneeling on your knees and say, God, it is really well with my soul because I know you are with me, you are for me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. But it's very interesting and the Lord said this. While He wounds the grape, Don't miss this out. While he wounds the grape, he doesn't crush the seed. He doesn't crush the seed that is inside. Why? Because the seed represents the potential. The seed represents the potential. The seed represents the potential that could not have been seen unless it was crushed. Because it was crushed, the seed was revealed. Because it was wounded, the seed was revealed. This seed would not have come out if, the, if you had not crushed the grape. You would not be able to see it. The seed was, ne- the, the crushing was never meant to kill the potential. The, crush, the crushing was meant to release it and to set it free. The crushing was meant to release the seed that was inside you, the potential that was inside you to set it free so that it will be able to manifest in the next season what it's supposed to manifest. The enemy wants you to think that the trials that you go through is going to kill you. He wants you to think that things that are bad in your life are just because God doesn't love you. But on the contrary, all that you've been through was only to reveal a seed that was deep inside each and every one of us. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him or to crush him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Isaiah 53 talks about a Messiah having gone through the, gone through the suffering, having gone through the wounding and the pain, he shall see his seed. And who is that seed? You and I. We are the fruition of that seed. If Jesus himself had to go through suffering, why do you think you and I will be spared? If Jesus himself had to go through wounds, why do we think that life with Christ would be just on a bed of roses? But he promises that he will be with us and he will carry us through in, through every one of those seasons. Amen. Am I speaking to real people? Do you all get wounded sometimes? Yeah? 
Secondly, about the seed. The crushing was to reveal the seed. But the winemaker was also very careful not to do something else. He didn't crush the seed. Because he knew that if he crushed the seed, it would make the wine bitter. If he crushed the seeds, it would make the wine bitter. See, all that you've been through was never to make you bitter. All that you've been through was always to make you better. The scars that you have sustained, the things that you have gone through in your life has made you better. The different circumstances that you have had to go through, the hard challenges that you have to go through, the hard decisions that you have to make has made you better. I look around this auditorium, I know some of your stories and I know what God has brought you through and those challenging moments have made you better. It has made you better because he was careful not to crush the seed. The devil thought the wounds would kill me, but all they did was show me what was inside of me. All it did was to show me that, I, that every single, to show each and every one of us that you are stronger than who you think you are. You are braver than who you think you are. You are more capable than who you think you are. It showed you that you are really more than a conqueror and that God is really more than enough for you. Amen? It showed you, you know that saying goes, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Amen? Yeah, you are stronger today because of the wounds and the things that He has brought you through. So don't despise the wounding moments. Don't despise that God is at work right now. Even as you're going through the crushing, even as you're going through the pressing, even as the pressures are mounting up, God is doing something. He's releasing something that cannot be released unless you go through these things. But He doesn't leave you that way. He's making something new out of you. Amen? God doesn't crush you and leave you and say, ah, too bad, too sad, life's like that. Because remember the grapes were wanted, they were washed, they were wounded. And now it goes through the next process. They were winnowed. They were winnowed because the winnowing process is part of removing whatever that is impure whatever that is, that is in the way of making the new wine, the grape had to be winnowed. Just like how wheat had to be winnowed so that it will be refined, right? The grape had to be winnowed because guess what? The flesh is still attached. The flesh is still attached. 
I love, I'm saved, I love Jesus, I worship Jesus, I pay my tithes, I, I come here faithfully every week, but yet the flesh is still there. You see, in order for new wine to be made, the winemaker had to get rid of the flesh. We will never be all that God wants us to be. We will never be the new wine that God's, God wants us to be if the flesh is still in the way. He will remove, he wants to deal with the flesh. It's a term that we don't hear very often right nowadays. It's the term sanctification. I'm thankful that the winemaker takes time to sift away the flesh because the grape will never reach its full potential if the flesh is in the way. Because you know, there is a war that's constantly going on within us. A war between our flesh man and our spirit man. The flesh man always desire everything that is contrary, that is opposed to God. The lusting, the loving of the world, the lying. It's all the flesh. But then our spirit man wants to draw closer to the Lord. We want to be, we, we always want, you know, God, we want more of you. We want more. We want to start serving you. And, and then there will be some distraction along the way because the flesh is still there. Because the flesh is still there. Galatians 5.17 tells us this. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. There is a constant battle within us. You need to let go of the flesh. You've got to be willing to say, God, deal with my flesh. Help me get rid of it. He's going to talk to you about so many things in your life. He's going to say, let me deal with your flesh. Let me deal with the flesh. You've got to be willing to let go and say, God, yes, sift me. He's going to talk to you about the websites you're visiting. He's going to talk to you about the things you're watching. He's going to talk to you about the secret fires that you're messing with. He's going to talk to you about some relationships that you're in. This grape will never reach its full potential if the flesh is not sifted away. You've got to allow God to deal with it every day of your life. Deal with my flesh, Lord. Deal with my flesh. Deal with anything, O oh God, that is impure and that is against you so that I can be made as wine that's pure and holy before you that I can come before your presence without guilt, without shame. Deal with my flesh. Get rid of as much flesh as possible. You know why some people never get to that, to that new level? Because the flesh is still in the way. Some people never are able to sustain themselves in the new level in that new season, because the flesh gets in the way again and again. That's why God needs to expose things that need to be exposed. That's why God needs to deal with things that need to be dealt with. Get it dealt. Get help. Speak to someone. Because the Lord wants to use you and make you into new wine. But He can only do that when we keep on dealing with whatever that is attached in our lives so that He can make you to be new wine and pure wine. Amen? You're very quiet here in this house. <laughs> I'm scared.
So the grapes, they were wanted, they were washed, they were wounded, they were winnowed. Like such a long process already, right? We've gone through so much in life. Sometimes we feel rejected. Sometimes we may feel that nobody, that you've been sidelined, but God says He wants you. And He washes you. He lets you and allows you to go through seasons of wounding because it brings out something within you that can only be brought out through those moments. He winnows you. And now, He pours the juice into a vat. And this juice just waits. It just waits. You say, what God? I've been through so much, you know. I mean, I oh, this and this and this and this and this. And then now, what? I thought I'm going to be propelled to the next season already. I'm ready. I'm ready to take the world. I'm ready to, to, to be what you want me to be. And then he goes, Tunggu. Wait. Belum lagi. Not yet. Wait. Wait. What do you do when you're in that situation? When you're ready to go, you thought that this is going to be your next breakthrough. It's going to be it's your next break already. You know, you've gone through so much. You know, you've died to yourself every day. You know, the flesh. Oh, yes, God, deal with my flesh. Oh, God, this, yes, I'm going to get rid of these things. And, and I've been going for counseling. I've been going for treatment. I've been going, whatever. I've been dealing with it all. I think I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he says, wait. What do you do when God seems to isolate you? When you don't even know whether anything is happening around you. Let me tell you this. Sometimes your elevation may require your isolation. Sometimes your elevation may require your isolation. What do you do in a situation where you feel that like as if time stands still and there is nothing you can do? You don't even know if anything is happening or if God is doing something. We've been through the process. When we're down, we're just waiting in this dark, dark place. Is anything going to happen? Is anything happening at all? But I want you to understand two things about this waiting. Firstly, it's not just part of the preparation. It is the final preparation. This is the final preparation because the next step that you're going to be in is a huge step. It's a huge step because He's going to bring you and preparing you for that new thing. He needed to isolate you from some people, some relationships, some routine. He needed to isolate you because you know why? Sometimes you, you can only get to yourself when you are by yourself. Away from the distractions, away from the conversations, away from any dependence, away from anything else. Because the only thing that you have and you know that at the end of the day, the only thing that you have is His Word, His promises, His presence and His peace. Nothing else. You have nothing left. 
We're so dependent on the news around us. We're so dependent on, on circumstances. We're so dependent on people around us telling us things. So He isolates us. What are my promises for you? What is my word for you? Because that word is going to carry you through the next season in your life. Not anything else. Because when you enter the next season, all these things are going to happen again. It is that word that is going to hold you on. Hold, that you're going to hold on to and say, God, don't ever let me go. I trust that God, you said that I will get through this. That is the word. And second thing about this waiting is this. You've got to wait right. You've got to wait right. Don't wait sour. Don't wait bitter. Don't wait grumbling. Don't wait with a disgruntled and ugly spirit. You've got to wait right. You've got to wait right. Wait with an attitude trusting the Lord. Wait with an attitude worshipping the Lord. Wait with an attitude knowing that, yes, God, I know something is better for me. That you are preparing something better for me. Wait right, because I've learned this. How you act while you wait will very often determine or reflect how you act when you arrive. How you act while you are waiting will very often reflect how you act when you arrive. Some people are complaining and then finally they arrive there, they're still complaining. Correct? Some people are angry, all the way they arrive, they're still angry. But when you wait right, and you arrive, and you say, God, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me through. I'm so grateful that every step of the way, God, you have been there. You have been journeying with me. Even through the darkest moments when I didn't understand, when I don't understand whether you are there or not, your peace has surrounded me. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You're wanted, you're washed, you're wounded, you're winnowed, you're waiting. What are you waiting for? Let's turn back to our scripture. Luke chapter 5, verse 37 and 38. It says this, And no one pours new wine into the old wineskin. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The, the wine will run out and the wineskin will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskin. So what are you waiting for? You are waiting for the new wineskin. You are waiting for the new wineskin. It's the wineskin that God is preparing for you because you must understand this, while He is making the wine, He's also making the wineskin. When He's making the wine, He's also making the wineskin. 
while he's taking you through the process, he's also preparing the place. Amen? Amen? While he's taking you through the process, God is also preparing the place for you. So many of us, we've been looking at other people's wineskin. We look at their wineskin and say, if only I had that opportunity. If only I could enter that door. If only I could, you know, be in that position of advantage. If only I could be as, as, uh, as well-spoken as somebody else. If only, if only. But God is taking you the process and He's preparing a place for you. Stop looking at other people's wineskin because God says, no, those are not your wineskin. Is, that is not the wineskin that is prepared for you. That wineskin is old wineskin. What I'm preparing for you is new wineskin because new wine is made for more. New wine is made for more. You know why new wine cannot be poured into old wineskin? Because the leather of that wineskin after being used a few times, because when you pour new wine into wine skin, it, it continues to ferment and it will expand. So after a while, the leather doesn't expand anymore. And it will burst. And that's why the new wine could not be contained in, in old wine skin. It needed to, be wait, to wait for the new wine skin. Some of you have been thinking, why? Why God? Why some of these opportunities don't ever open for me? Why God, why some of these things never, some doors never open for me? Why do I have to go through these things? Why do other people get it so easy? Because guess what? Whatever their wineskin was could not contain what was inside of you. Whatever those wineskin, other people could contain it, it could not contain what was inside of you. But the potential, the whatever that God wants to do within you, He had to make the right wineskin for you. So the grapes were wanted. They were washed. They were wounded. They were winnowed. And they're waiting for their wineskin. It's all part of the process of making new wine out of each and every one of us. But here's the truth I need to elaborate to all of us. To get to become the best version of you, you need to go through this process over and over and over We don't like it. God, this year marks my 20 years of ministry. Already still need two there. Yes. Wanted. Washed. Wounded. Winnowed. Wait. But God, I'm already 40 years old, 50 years old, 60, 70, 80 years old already. Still need to go through it. Yes. Wanted, 
washed. You're wounded. You're winnowed. And you wait for the new wineskin. He wants to get the best out of you at every season of your life. You are the best version yet. And there is still a greater version coming up. No matter how young or how old you may be. It's a journey that he wants to bring up the best in each and every one of us. Amen. Let's get the worship team to come.